Hi there and welcome to episode 43 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of the Writing Guy, helping professionals to find their voice, write human and change the world with their words. So more on rhythm today. Why is rhythm so close to my heart? Why is it so fundamental to me? Because it is fundamental. Um, You know, when you think about it, uh, our entire natural world is rhythmic. Um, the the tides are rhythmic. Uh, the the flow and the changing seasons conform to a rhythm. There's an organised rhythm, a pattern, a repeated pattern over a period of time. Uh, the phases of the moon are rhythmic. We could even say that our daily routine, such as it is, is is a form of rhythm. It's a repeating pattern. The excuse me, the diurnal pattern of night and day that has lasted for billions of years is is rhythmic, is a form of rhythm. And that's, so in a way, you know, it makes total sense to me that the rhythm of writing is just a, a further expression of the fundamental rhythm of life, if you like. And maybe some people speculate it's to do with the, the heartbeat, the systolic, diastolic, the contraction, the expansion, that it's all the, the, the repeating, the alternation of a binary, a binary rhythm, a dialectic rhythm, night and day, light and dark, sun and moon, systole, di- distole, or whatever the, whatever the, however you pronounce it. Um, so where, where does that leave us in terms of, of writing? Um, I was looking at my notes yesterday and I, I, I realised that I'd made a note of something that Virginia Woolf said, interestingly about rhythm. She said, style is all about rhythm. Once you get that, you can't choose the wrong word, uh, which I thought was an interesting observation. And, and so, you know, going back to my, in my B2B writing, when I'm reviewing, as you know, I'm working on a, a, a big bit at the moment, and so much of that B2B kind of corporate management speak writing uh, has no rhythm to it. It's got no, it's got no soul uh, without, without getting too profound about it. Um, and again, refer to this uh, wonderful book by Stephen Fry that I'm, I'm reading, studying a poetic meter. Um, what occurred to me as I'm, as I'm studying, as I say, I'm very much a novice, as I'm studying the iambic pentameter and beginning to, to sort of um, get to grips with this, this idea of rhythm in writing. And if you remember yesterday in the episode, I talked about, you know, let's face it, if we could make a piece of copy in the instruction manual of a domestic appliance, in this case a Siemens fridge freezer, if we can make that rhythmic in some way, uh, then we can make something as prosaic as that. Uh, then we can definitely make any form of writing more rhythmic. And I think that what happens, and this is the other thing that Virginia Woolf talks about, what happens is that when, when our reader sort of gets on the wavelength of our rhythm, of, of our rhythm, of our rhythm, that sets up a form of wave in the in the mind. Because after all. And I, I briefly referred to the, my word wave idea, which is the idea of graphically showing a, a, the rhythm of a piece of writing. The rhythm, 
the alternating, literally rise and fall, the wave-like rise and fall of rhythmic writing is a wave. It creates, and I wonder, does it create a wave in the mind? We talk about brain waves, alpha, beta, theta, delta, gamma, uh, different uh, waves of energy in the brain. Then I speculate, and it makes sense to me, that when we create rhythm in our writing, is that then reproduced as a wave within the reader's brain? And is that then releasing certain neurochemicals that enhance their enjoyment of the copy and make them more receptive and therefore more, uh, more open and more likely to do whatever we're asking them to do? That's one thing. The other thing is that I come back to a conclusion I came to a, a while ago, actually, when I, when I did the, the Shakespeare blog. And that is that simpler words, shorter, simpler words lend themselves more easily to rhythmic writing. It's easier to maintain the rhythm with shorter, simpler words than it is with longer, polysyllabic, more highfalutin, high-register, formal, formal language. And, and in, in my blog at the time, I used a very simple example, which was a ditty from, by Samuel Johnson in the 18th century. And if I can remember it, it goes, um, I put, I took my hat, I'm trying to remember it actually, um, oh gosh, that's annoying. I something, I took my hat within my hand and walked into the strand and there I met another man whose hat was in his hand. So something like that. Uh, you know, despite the fact I'm misremembering, um, it's that sort of idea. It's as simple as that. Now, if you say, I took my fedora in my hand and walked into the strand, and there I encountered another man whose hat was in his hand, it just doesn't work, does it? It becomes absurd. It, it loses the rhythm immediately. So, fedora, fedora, three-syllable word, encountered, three-syllable word as well. So the more the more complicated our language, the harder it is to maintain the rhythm. Sorry, I mean I've kind of screwed up the example, but I hope you know nonetheless you you get the idea. Now, obviously, you could maintain somebody arguing against me. You might say, "Well, fedora is giving you more more information." Yes, it is. It's a more specific type of hat, and so therefore, it's it's about striking the balance between rhythm and information. I took my hat into my hand know that, and walked into the strand, and there I met another man whose hat was in his hand. Very simple wave-like structure. So, I'm going to close it there. What's the bottom line from this episode 40, 43? The bottom line, actually, which is the point that I really wanted to, to make, come round to it in a kind of long-winded way, eventually, is that we don't read tone of voice, nor do we read rhythm. We hear and feel it. And therefore, that's why poetry must be read out loud. And that's why, ergo, your writing, you must read your writing out loud. Because we don't read rhythm. We hear it and we feel it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye now.